You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Jets podcast for Monday, March 29th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. And today our episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. I'd like to begin today's show with a special shout out to subscribers to this podcast. And to join that group, all you have to do is go to your favorite podcast source and click the subscribe button and we will deliver new episodes of this podcast to your device each morning as they are posted as this is a daily podcast covering the new york jets we have new episodes each day monday through friday through most of the year a few things have happened since we last spoke byu quarterback zach wilson had his pro day on friday and by all accounts was very impressive and there was this one throw that he made across his body that went viral the video has been posted all over the internet so there's now plenty of buzz about wilson and the jets picking him second overall and as always with all things pro day i just encourage a little bit of caution because if you go through the years and you look back at the buzz that's come from various pro days many times the narratives from those do not hold up and It's certainly possible, I would argue even probable, that the Jets will pick Wilson second overall, but I don't know how much of a difference Friday really made. You know, I think that the pro day had some degree of use for the Jets. There has been some dispute about how big Wilson actually is, so the fact that the team decision makers were able to go there and see for themselves probably helps. And I've heard from people who have scouted that there is something about being able to watch somebody live even even in a workout setting so i'm not saying that what happened friday was totally useless but keep it in perspective you know what happens on the film matters much more you know people talk about that one throw wilson made and it proves what an arm he has well all you have to do is watch the game film to know that he's got a great arm so you know i don't know how much of a difference it really makes i'm sure it factors a little bit into the evaluation process, but I think people tend to vastly overrate how important it is and how important it will be for Wilson going forward, because I've seen plenty of guys have terrible pro days who went on to have successful careers, and plenty of guys who had dazzling pro days who failed in the NFL, so keep it all in perspective. There also was a big trade on Friday. The Dolphins and the 49ers worked out a deal where the 49ers send the Dolphins the 12th overall pick, a pair of future first-round picks, and a future third-round pick for pick three overall. And then the Dolphins made a second trade. They moved back up to six. So, and they gave up, they gave back one of the two extra first-rounders they got. So, you know, if you look at this, I think a pretty savvy move for Miami, unfortunately, because at six, they're probably, there's a good chance they're going to get the guy they would have taken at three anyway. And they added an extra first round pick in the future and change. And as far as San Francisco goes, I mean, I think this is a pretty clear sign. The 49ers are taking a quarterback and 
if you had these dreams, and you should not have had these dreams because it was never a very likely scenario, but if you ever had these dreams of the Jets having the best of both worlds, trading down, and still getting a quarterback, I think this deal should end those hopes because it shows you how aggressive teams are going to be at taking a quarterback at the top of the draft. You know, the Jets are going to need to choose. They either want the quarterback or they want the extra picks from trading down. I don't think they're going to be able to get both. And if you decide you want a quarterback, look, I'm all in favor of accumulating extra picks, but you have to do it in a way that makes sense. You know, if you're talking about taking a quarterback, the guy you're going to build your franchise around for the next decade or so, and you're really, really sold on him, is that the kind of thing you want to gamble? You know, you, you've got you got the chance to take him at two because every player in this draft who's not Trevor Lawrence is going to be available to the Jets at two. Would you really want to roll the dice on that when it's a 100% guarantee you're going to get that guy for a couple extra picks? You know, like I said, I love adding extra picks. I think there, there are plenty of cases where it makes sense, but it has to make sense to do it. You can't just make that deal to try and accumulate extra picks and put the future of your franchise in jeopardy if you if there's a quarterback you are really sold on so i think as much as anything that that's what that shows us and it shows us the 49ers are going to pick a quarterback at three overall and there could be some secondary implications here it likely means that jimmy garoppolo is out in san francisco and we know of a coach in new england who loves jimmy garoppolo and who needs a quarterback so we could be seeing jimmy garoppolo back in the afc east potentially but that's uh, you know that's just speculation. I, I think clearly the 49ers have traded up for a quarterback. Dolphins add to their draft capital, and if the Jets want a quarterback, they got to take one at two. But if they want to trade down, it shows you that potentially you could be getting you could get a huge package in return, multiple first round picks. So that's another thing to consider if you're not totally sold on all of these quarterbacks. That said, I do. If if you're asking me right now what I think is going to happen. And, my educated guess would be that the Jets will probably take a quarterback second overall. Now, on today's show, I want to talk about the questions that remain for the New York Jets after free agency in 2021. The Jets were very active participants in free agency this year, but this was a roster that was very lacking in talent. And even with the cap space the Jets entered free agency with, they were not going to be able to address everything. They targeted some key areas, but there are some areas that also need work. And I think that there are still some questions that remain as the Jets look to build their roster. This was always going to be a situation. 2021, the roster was not going to be fully built. You just hope the roster is a lot better. But there were always going to be issues with this thing. One offseason was not going to be enough to turn this thing around based on what the Jets were dealing with. And I think the first question is, what's the plan at corner? And... Maybe more specifically, how does the secondary look? Because believe it or not, the Jets are actually worse at corner right now than they were at the beginning of free agency because they had Brian Poole, who was one of the top slot corners in the NFL. And now the plan at slot corner is unclear. And there is one caveat there. Now, the Jets did make a signing that kind of flew under the radar, which could turn into a pretty good value signing. They got LaMarcus Joyner, who was a member of the Raiders. He also has experience with the Rams. And Joyner has played most of his career in the slot. But he does have experience as a free safety. He also has played plenty at free safety. played more in the slot, but he has experience at free safety. And the reports that came out were that Joyner 
was signed mainly to be a free safety. So he's not Brian Poole's replacement in the slot, but it does lead to some questions about whether maybe the Jets will go with three safety looks because we know Marcus May is part of the plan going forward. And of course, Ashton Davis was drafted in the third round last year and took on a starting role near the end of the year before he got hurt after Bradley McDougald went down. And to be honest, McDougald was not all that effective when he was in there. So could there be three safety packages? Could that be the way the Jets go on the, in their base defense? And you know, would Davis potentially slide into a slot role? He did play a bit in the slot in college. He actually had an interception of Justin Herbert in a college game out of the slot. But I think somebody who, you know, not a natural slot corner. You know, I think he, he was a guy, if you look at what he did in college, needs a little bit of work there. And in addition to that, the Jets have nothing but questions at outside corner. You know, I think right now, if you were putting together a depth chart, you may have Bless Austin and Bryce Hall there. And uh, look, if you play a heavy zone scheme and you try and protect the corners and you have a good pass rush, maybe you can get away with that, but that's not ideal. And that comes from somebody who does think Bryce Hall has potential. But outside corner, I, I was surprised the Jets did nothing in free agency. I thought there were some... Look, the, the top end of the free agency, there were some deals that I did not love, but I felt like there were some lower-level deals, some stopgap-type players who were available to the team who it would have made sense based on the money they got. And I say that with the normal caveat that you don't know whether those players would have signed the same deal for the Jets as they signed with the team they agreed to terms with. But I was surprised by that's the one area where I was a little surprised by the level of inactivity for the Jets in free agency. It was corner. And I think that there are lots of questions about this secondary heading into the draft season. The NBA and the NHL are in full swing, and we have the Elite Eight beginning tonight in college basketball. And Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online also covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. It's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Monday, talking about the questions that remain for the New York Jets after free agency in 2021. And my next question is how the decision makers view the offensive line right now, because at this point of the offseason, there have been no changes. And I don't know how much I can blame the front office for that. Now, I can blame the front office for not addressing corner. Offensive line was tougher because there was really only one premium guard in Joe Tooney, and they did not have much of a chance to sign him with the offer the Chiefs made. Chiefs at this point in time are always going to win against the Jets when they make a big offer. The Jets could have addressed the center position and moved Connor McGovern to guard, although there are some reports that the Jets like McGovern better at center and they think he'll fit the new scheme better. And I guess that kind of leads to where where I'm going with this question. Do the Jets think that they need upgrades on the offensive line, or do they think the new system is going to fit these guys better, that better coaching maybe 
will produce better results. And you, you look like you look at somebody like George Fant. Could he have more success in this system than he did with Adam Gase? And of course, the quality of coaching matters too. I know everybody always says when their team hires a new coach that the coaching is going to improve. It does not always work out that way. It's probably going to work out th- this time. I don't think it would be the right decision to keep this entire offensive line intact. I think especially at the guard position, the Jets need an upgrade. And I you know, I hate going into the draft needing to do something because that's where you, fre- you frequently make mistakes. But I think the Jets really, it, it would be tough for the Jets to not leave this draft with a new, at least one new guard, because I think the, the guard position is a big weakness. And if you're, first of all, going to put a rookie quarterback under center, I understand that you know, maybe you'll get better performance with different coaching in a different system, but I, I don't feel good about putting a rookie under center with this offensive line. And the other thing I'd say is that this system, you know, bases a lot off the run game. And there are some decent run blockers on this offensive line, which is, which was not was not true of many recent Jets offensive lines. But you're going to base this thing around the run game and run a lot of play action. I, I think you got to get some better blockers, especially on the interior. So my hope is that they're not done on the offensive line; that they're just going to focus on the draft. But I think it's, it's an open question, and I wonder whether. You know, for all those years, Mike McCagnan had a little bit of a blind spot for Brian Winters. I'm hoping Joe Douglas does not have the same kind of blind spot for somebody like an Alex Lewis. My next question is whether the Jets are done at the positions they focused on in free agency, and those are wide receiver and edge rusher. And I think as much as anything, what the Jets did is they took out the desperation. The Jets in so many positions through the years. And they're going to there are going to be positions like this in 2021 in the, in the draft where they're desperate. And you enter the the draft in a desperate spot, you're tempted to make a mistake. Just because you have you have so little at a position that you're desperate to find anybody who can be an upgrade. I think the Jets have done a good job here making themselves less desperate at wide receiver and I don't know if you want to call it defensive line, edge rusher, pass rusher, but They've added some players who can help them at both spots. Corey Davis, a, a quality starter at wide receiver, but also Keelan Cole, Keelan Cole, who's a very good number four receiver. You know, if you put Keelan Cole in the number four role, pretty good guy to have. And along the defensive line, they've hopefully addressed the pass rush by adding not only Carl Lawson, but also also Sheldon Rankins, and then Vinny Curry as a role player. So it's not a desperate spot in either position. That said, I still think both spots could use a high-end young player. And if you draft somebody early at either either spot, you're putting them in the ideal position because you're putting them in a spot where, and this is really the, the place you should aspire to be at every position, you don't want to have to count on players you're drafting as rookies. What you want is you want to set, tell them you can come along at your own pace. You know, you don't need to, we don't, we're not counting on you to do a lot this year. But if you if you show that you're ready, we can put you into the lineup. You know, I think both spots. I think the Jets could still use one more edge rusher, a high end young player, and I think at the wide receiver position, one more high end wide receiver would really help. I think at either spot, if you add a high end talent as a rookie through the draft, now you're talking about the Jets potentially having one of the best position groups at the league at either spot. 
and that's really kind of where you want to be. You know, I've seen some people suggest, well, all these signings means, means the Jets aren't going to draft a defensive end or aren't going to draft a wide receiver. I don't agree with that because if you add a high-end young talent, again, you're really, really building a strength. And that's the goal in the NFL. It's not just to avoid weaknesses. It's to build up major strengths. That said, the Jets can get by. You know, the Jets are not in a bad spot at either position if the value does not meet where they're drafting. So they put in these spots, you know, at corner and offensive line, they're in a tough spot. At wide receiver and defensive end, they're in a much better spot than they've been in the past because now they can, there's nothing to prevent them from drafting somebody high, but they're still in a decent, they're still in a decent position even if they don't. We have been telling you for a while now about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. Built Bar is the low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now it's time to find out which Built Bar is best. It's Built Bar Madness. You've probably been watching the college basketball tournament. Well, Built Bar has put together its own tournament to determine which of its flavors is best. And today's matchup is caramel brownie versus coconut brownie chunk. So it comes down to whether you like caramel or whether you like coconut better in your brownies. I, I think I'd go with caramel. And you can go to BuiltBar.com or to Twitter at bar underscore built to find out more. Also remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Again, that's LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five, no space, to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to find out more about who wins Built Bar Madness. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Monday talking about questions that remain for the Jets after free agency in 2021. Now, on the first day of free agency, the Jets made three signings, two of which generated a lot of attention. You had Corey Davis, the wide receiver, and you had Carl Lawson, the edge rusher. But the third signing was a little bit more under the radar. It was linebacker Jared Davis, who comes to the Jets from Detroit. Davis was a former first-round pick and, quite frankly, kind of a disappointment. And if I'm going to be honest with you, if I was rating the signings the Jets made in free agency... That one would rate pretty low. Davis has not been that great of a player, and there are arguments Matt Patricia misused him, and Matt Patricia's obviously not that great of a coach, so it's certainly possible. But even before Matt Patricia, Davis was not exactly a great player. Now, there's a school of thought that he'll be a better fit in Robert Sadler's system, and there were plenty of teams in the NFL who reportedly were interested in him. I think my question is whether Davis has anything to do with C.J. Mosley. We know Mosley signed two years ago, has barely played for the Jets. He's played two games in two years for, for this team. And obviously a new coaching staff coming in. The, by all accounts, the reports were at the time that Adam Gase was one of the guys who really pushed for the signing of C.J. Mosley. The Jets gave him a premium contract. Jets made him, at the time, one of the highest paid defensive players in the NFL. It does, does this new uh, coaching staff in front office have a different view of Mosley? Do they like him as a fit in the system? How much do they think he could play? Because I think it's an open question. I think that there are some people who are just assuming Mosley's going to go back to being the player he was at Baltimore. But two years off can have a big impact. So you don't know what you're getting out of Mosley. And I think my question, as much as anything, is do they view Davis as a replacement for Mosley? Or do they view him as kind of a supplementary player, somebody who plays a different linebacker spot? 
because the Jets have the Jets did need to fill other linebacker roles. So I think that's that's interesting. I, I'm not sure where Davis and Mosley intersect, and I think that that's an open question that remains. And I think that's something you know teams typically don't give you a lot of information during the off season, but that might be something that we actually find out from the Jets. You know, the Jets there's no real benefit to hiding how they're going to deploy these guys on defense. So I'd be interested to find that out. And then the last question I just have is. How many more signings will come? The Jets still do have a little bit of cap space, not a ton, but they do have a little bit. And I'm not sure we're going to see any more signings this week. You know, there will be more signings in the NFL. There are there are always are players who get to the summer before they make a decision. And there also are training camp cuts. Every year it seems like some player, some veteran player who's a proven starter gets cut in training camp and Sometimes a team gets lucky. Sometimes you're able to sign somebody who really helps you out. Now, I don't think you ever want to count on a, a training camp cut to come in and save the day, but it, like I said, it happens every year. There's always some player movement during camp. So with that in mind, you know who, who will the Jets sign? Will they sign a corner? There still are some corners out there who conceivably could help them. There could be some guys at other spots who could help fortify depth at certain positions. We'll find out. You know, We'll, we'll see. Late last week, the Jets kind of surprised me by signing Vinny Curry and Tevin Coleman. I was not expecting them to be as active as they were last week during that day when they brought in two players. So there always is the potential for surprises, and, and we will find out how it goes. Anyway, that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. Have a great Monday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.